Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Here to give us uh, some background as to how the heck we got here is uh, one of our favorites when we're talking college hoops. CBSSports.com, CBS Network's lead NCAA analyst and bracketologist, Jerry Palm. Good enough to give us a couple of minutes. How are you, Jer? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, too. Thank you very much. All right. If uh, I had told you before they tipped off the first of these 65 NCAA tournament games that when we moved to game 65, it would be Kansas against North Carolina, your response to me would have been? I would have been surprised that North Carolina was there. You know, they're an eight seed because that's the kind of season they had. Uh, really, you know, didn't look like an NCAA tournament team until they beat Duke on March 5th. So, you know, nothing like leaving it late, right? But uh, they, you know, the talent was never a problem. It was just they didn't play well enough together. And, you know, Hubert Davis in his first year, uh, you've got some, you know, new guys on the team from last year, and there's just a lot of change all at once. And they played a pretty difficult non-conference schedule, and and it beat them up. And, you know, they uh, got through conference play and got beat up there, too, and, uh, you know, we're, we're able to get into the bracket as an eight seed, and that's not usually a favorable spot if you want to try and make even a sweet 16, let alone, you know, a championship game. But they have played very well in this tournament. And, uh, you know, and they, they got a good draw, too. You know, I mean, Marquette uh, was a bit overmatched. Uh, Baylor was shorthanded. You know, UCLA is a good team, and they, they managed them. And then they get St. Peter's. So, you know, they, they've... Uh, taken advantage of a pretty good draw, but they've also played well. You know, it's, you don't want to really minimize what they've accomplished because uh, it's uh, a great accomplishment to be here, and especially after the regular season they had when they really showed this level of ability maybe more than once the entire regular season. All right. Uh, you mentioned the Duke win, Cameron, last home game for Coach K, maybe something that energized them. Anything else? You gave us a good read on the team just overall, but was there something that happened during the season, a guy elevating his play? Did Hubert Davis just come of age as the season unfolded? No, I I don't think it was him. I think it was the players buying in. You've got got a new coach, and he's preaching these messages to you, and you're you're trying to, you know, as a player, you know, you're you're still getting to know each other a little bit. And, And sometimes you have to take a few lumps before you understand what the coach is trying to say and it may have actually happened before the Duke game you know like after they lost the pit or maybe after they lost to Wake Forest where the messages started to take hold and the and the the, the things that he was telling them that they need to do to be a great team finally those messages were finally being accepted and then they started to to play 
to the level of their talent. Because, like I said, the talent's never been the problem. It's just been, you know, how do you play together? And and they finally did, and just in time, because now they're in, you know, a championship game of the NCAA tournament and trying to be the second eight seed to actually win one. All right, let's talk about that win yesterday by North Carolina to get them into the championship game. Game couldn't have been any closer. She was tied with oh, four no, seconds to go. Oh, fantastic, wasn't it? <laughs> Phenomenal, tied with four seconds to go in the first half. Big and one play, gave Duke the lead at the half. They're down one, North, uh, Duke is with 40 seconds to go, and Williams misses a couple of key free throws. That was huge, but it was, again, absolutely could have gone either way. What right. put North Carolina over the top for you? Execution at the end. Uh, they executed uh, better at the end of the game. When the, when the game was in doubt in the final, just really a couple of minutes, uh, they were the one that was able to execute uh, what they wanted to do and, and make the plays that needed to be made. It was, I mean, it literally could have gone either way, and, you know, nobody would have been surprised. Uh, but, you know, Carolina, Carolina did what needed to be done, and they were getting to play on Monday night. They are, and they did, and they are, and more power to them. We'll get to the matchup with Carolina in a second. Just one more note on Duke-Carolina. Do the Carolina fans now have bragging rights basically forever since they beat Coach K in his last game at Cameron and beat him in his last game ever? Is that what Duke fans are going to have to listen to for the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years? 100, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're a Carolina fan, you know, you're having a rough year, and you beat Duke at Duke in Coach K's final home game, and you think, it can't possibly get any better than this. And then, <laughs> then they end up in the final four against each other, and they beat him again and send Coach K into retirement. If you're a North Carolina fan, you might as well just retire as a fan now. Just hang them up. It's not, you know, you have reached a pinnacle that you're not going to re- Even if they win Monday night, it's probably not going to be as satisfying as Saturday. <laughs> it's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's all gravy from here if you're a North Carolina fan. I mean, what a, what a last, what a, what a month of March. Well, in April, I guess it has been. Uh, for North Carolina fans, after a regular season in which, you know, by all, almost all expectations, certainly to the level of talent they underachieved. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, keep myself from texting my buddy Kenny Smith, who I did a show with for a year, <laughs> the most unapologetic North Carolina fan yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah you, need... I'm sure that he'll be texting you. <laughs> exactly right. Jerry Pop, CBSSports.com. He'll be group, group texting everybody on his phone. At CBS Sports uh, Network, our guest here on uh, CBS Sports Radio. All right. um, The first game, Villanova versus Kansas. Uh, Although I'm a Nova fan, I'm a Jay Wright fan, I'm a Philadelphia guy. When Justin Moore went down with the injury, I thought they were severely compromised. They were a short team depth-wise to begin with, and then you lose not only your arguably best player, but just one of your key guys, knowing that there isn't reinforcements coming off the bench. It yeah. kind of uh, very much compromised them going in. Um, did yeah. Jay Wright? Did Jay Wright drop the ball here by not giving himself enough of a bench by not utilizing guys and or getting them up to speed in case something like this happened? I don't think he felt the other guys had earned the playing time. Okay. You know, they, he, he, you know, it's. I mean, you run. And I don't mean to pick on guys, but you run Archie Diacono out there, and he's not helping you much. You know, and uh, so he, he played him a minute. Things weren't going well, or maybe two, 
And, you know, he got him out. He never saw the floor again. I mean, he had to play the guys in this situation, the guys he really trusted to be, you know, that knew what he needed to do, which isn't to say that the, the, the guys that are on the bench won't ever be those guys, but he, they aren't yet. They aren't ready. And, you know, he, so he had to play the guys that were, and that's, you know, that's, they were, uh, they didn't have a deep bench ever anyway. You lose your second best score. I don't think there's any question that hurt him. I'm not sure they would have won anyway, because, First of all, even if he plays, what if he has a bad day? I mean, you don't know, right? But, um, but yeah, when it hurts your depth like that, it's um, it's kind of hard to overcome that. And plus, Kansas, you know, jumped out of the gate, uh, continuing the momentum they had in the second half of the Miami game. I think at one point, uh, late in the first half, uh, going back to the halftime of the Miami game, they had outscored their opponent seventy-six to twenty-three. And or maybe it was seventy three to twenty six in the, in those nearly forty minutes. So you know you got to give Kansas credit too. They were a buzzsaw, especially in the first half last night. And you know Villanova fought back. You know they never rolled over. They never you know no give up in them at all. They fought hard all the way to the end, but they just didn't have enough forces to get it done. Yeah, and the one thing we do know, Cal Daniels, the guy who stepped in, came off the bench to fill in for more, did not have a good day shooting the basketball. So more probably would have helped enough to get him a sure. W. Yes, you and I can both agree that might not have been enough. All right, so let's look at the matchup in the game tomorrow night. Uh, these two teams have met for a championship previously. Before my time, which tells me it's before your time as well, going back to the 50s, 1957. Yeah. So the game has changed. Yeah, a little bit for both of us. Um, and the game has certainly changed a lot since yeah. then. But these are two of yeah. the premier programs in all of college basketball. Anyone come in with a mental edge because of what they've accomplished to this point, because of what they are? Is there an edge in this game? I don't think there's a mental one because, I mean, both of these teams are hot. They're playing as well as they played all year, both of them. I mean, that's how you get to this point. I am glad, though, uh, that since that time they have cut the bottom out of the peach basket, so that you know the game speeds up a little bit. Um, they uh, it, no, I just I think that Kansas. I mean, look, they were a number one seed for a reason. They're they're talented and they're deep with talent. Uh, they can beat you at all five positions on the floor. Like Braun had nothing last night until the very end. And when Villanova makes a run, all of a sudden Braun starts hitting shots and you know puts the game away. It's um, you know that they've got so many weapons, and in Carolina, I is got some talent too, as we've talked about. Uh, I just don't know that they have the depth of talent uh, that Kansas has. Um, and I, I wonder how Carolina is going to do against uh, the pressure that Kansas is going to bring defensively. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning um, Kansas in this game. I, I just feel like they're the most talented team. They're the deepest team. Uh, I don't think coaching matters. At the, you know, at this point, both these coaches know how to get the most out of their team. So uh, that's really what's important. Um, but uh, and uh, and if either team is going to have a letdown, it would be Carolina. But I'm I'm not counting on that. I just, I just think that Kansas is a little better. I agree with you. And the coaching matchup, it looks like on paper, well, major advantage self because he's been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. Hubert Davis yeah. just getting his head coaching career underway. But Hubert Davis has made his bones in this tournament, yeah. having to beat Krzyzewski yeah. at Cameron yeah. at the end of the season and do what they've done to get there. I, I don't know that I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. I don't think coaching advantage comes no, into well, this one. Hubert might be relatively inexperienced as a head coach, but he was an assistant here for quite some time. So 
he's familiar with the players, you know, he's familiar with the, with the program, you know, he's made his own tweaks to it, but it's, you know, it, it's not like, um, even a guy like Jawan Howard, where you go and you're in the NBA and then they pull you out of the NBA and stick you on the team. He, you know, he's familiar with the culture of this program and it's looking to improve the culture of this program. Uh, but he's not starting from scratch like some of these other new coaches are. So, um, I think that's been an advantage for him. And then just getting the guys to buy in, which they clearly have now. So the, the chemistry between the coaches and the players is really good right now. And that's why I don't really think coaching is going to matter much because I think it's also true of Kansas. All right. The best player on the floor on Monday night will be? Abaji for Kansas. Oh, man, was he hot. <laughs> he hit his first, well, I think he hit all six of his three in that game. Uh, I don't think he ever missed one. Six three-pointers. Um, that's probably asking a lot of Monday night, but uh, he's the best player on the floor for me. Yeah, he probably is, and he's uh, NBA-bound at the end of this season, mm-hmm. uh, which is what all these teams have to deal with. Uh, Carolina sure. might have added some guys into the NBA draft with the way they played during this year. All right, the pressure of Monday night as compared to yesterday. You get to the Final Four, that's an accomplishment to itself. You're playing in this mega-sized building, a little bit different than what you've dealt with if you've not been there before. Um, so so they've already gotten indoctrinated from that point. But now it's a championship game, and the stakes have ratcheted up a little bit. Is there a uh, pressure advantage here? One of the two teams more well-built, more well-constructed to handle the pressure of Monday night? Are you saying, Jody, there's no difference between Saturday and Monday night? Yeah, I, um, well, I, I think there's pressure in all these games because they lose you go home, right? Um, so, But I, I would say that as a number one seed, the expectations were higher for Kansas, and there's a, maybe a little pressure in living up to those expectations. I don't know that that's a big factor. You know, like Carolina's playing with house money, for sure, right? Um, but they'll be just as sad if they lose as Kansas will be if they lose. So, you know, there's that pressure. You don't want your season to end uh, the way it has ended for the previous 66 teams that were in this tournament. All right, uh, Coach K, after losing last night, steps aside, and his uh, history's legacy is what it is for me, second greatest coach to only John Wooden in the history of the game. Somebody kind of needs to fill his shoes. Uh, the pantheon of college coaches that changes every single year won't have Coach K in that group next year. I think two guys who are eligible to fill those shoes were playing this weekend. One plays Monday night. The other one, unfortunately, had to go home. And I'm referring to Bill Self and Jay Wright. If you want to choose between those two and or add someone else, who steps in as the guy who is Coach K-like going forward in the NCAA? You know, it's funny. I wrote about that last night. Uh, Really? Probably up on the CBSSports.com. You know, specifically... Now that Coach K has stepped away, who's the best coach in college basketball? And I made the case for several guys. Um, but for me, in the end, I chose Tom Izzo. Um, but the um, and part of that is, you know, he's been to every NCAA tournament since he took over at Michigan State 24 years ago, all nice. of them, and one championship. But it's funny that as of right this moment, the, with Coach K retiring, the leader – in national championships among current coaches is Jay Wright, who has two. Right. Um, Rick Patino also has two, but one of them was vacated. Nobody else has more than one. So, you know, you want a case for Jay Wright? You know, he's got the most championships, and 
Uh, and now he's been around as, you know, as definitely got the longevity of some of these other guys. But my top five were Izzo, Wright, uh, Scott Drew, Mark Few, and Bill Self. And Bill Self, by the way, going for to, to try and tie Jay right at, with yep. two championships if he wins on Monday night. And that's a pretty damn good top five. That's exactly what I was getting at. All right, uh, Jerry, last thing. What are we looking forward to next year? I, I don't want to turn the page before this uh, the chapter, final chapter has been written, but sometimes you do that. Um, we saw how the transfer portal affected college yeah. basketball this year and expect a lot of the same next year. Is there anything that you think could be different or will change or be more important next year? Give me a little crystal ball in advance look at uh, the NCAAs in 2023. Yeah, it's, yeah, the transfer portal. I mean, it's like if you had to do a preseason top 25 after the tournament, that used to be an easy thing to do, right? Because you, you had a pretty good idea who was coming back. You had a pretty good idea by now who the incoming freshmen are going to be. You can't even do that anymore. Because right. rosters are going to turn over through the transfer portal. You're going to lose upperclassmen and get upperclassmen, and who knows what it's going to look like now. There's so much. Uh, like, you can't really be sure what to expect anymore. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I I think it's good that the players have the ability to move more freely than they have in the past. I mean, I think that that's fair to them. But it does make, you know, our jobs of trying to predict what's going to happen a little more chaotic, right? Um, but that's okay. It's uh, it, it makes it fun. Um, you know, the, the programs that are good are probably still going to be good, you know? <laughs> that's it, the, the re, There's a reason why you've got these historically successful programs. It's because they know what they're doing. Uh, and they know how to, to stay at the top of their game and the top of this game. So uh, that I expect. Um, I think Gonzaga will probably be a number one seed again because that's what they've been doing. And, uh, you know, Mark Hughes got a great thing going there, and maybe next year finally will be the year he can win. And uh, they know how to adapt as well, and that what's, that's what keeps those programs at the top and it of makes, the and, and that Well, but, and the thing about Gonzaga is it's harder to do that you know, playing in a uh, non-major conference um, and attracting the kind of talent that they do. And it's a real testament to Coach Few and that program that he is able to continually bring in the level of player that he's bringing in to compete at the top of basketball when so many programs who taste success like that ultimately get their coach hired away and, and then things go bad again. So, you know, his willingness to stick it out at Gonzaga and, you know, where he knows he has a good thing and a, and a life that makes him and his family comfortable uh, is just um, it's, it's given us a powerhouse in college basketball that 20 years ago we would have never expected. Your answer to my question gave me one more question to ask. NIL. How did it affect recruiting? And when I say recruiting, that's not just high school kids coming into freshmen, but also right. players in the transfer portal. How did it affect here year one? Will it be any different mm-hmm. year two? I think the jury's still out. I, I mean, everybody's going to have opportunities wherever they go, right? Um, local businesses, uh, well-heeled alumni are going to make it possible for these guys to get those opportunities wherever they go. So it remains to be seen how much of a competitive advantage that provides uh, in basketball and especially compared to football. Um, but the, the revenue disparity that football brings you know, in favor of the major conferences in the longer term could have an impact. I think it's too early to tell uh, right now, if you know, for short-term impacts, how that's going to be. 
Jerry, great stuff. Uh, we appreciate it whenever you hop on board. We'll be reading you on uh, Monday night and Tuesday on the website, cbsports.com. Catch you on the CBS Sports Network. Enjoy the game Monday night, big guy. All right, thank you. My pleasure. Jerry Palm, uh, lead college basketball writer on cbsports.com, our bracketologist as well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.